Welcome to the Peace Church D Group Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Perry, the mobilization pastor and D Group leader at Peace Church. I'm here with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our discipleship ministry. This podcast is a resource to encourage, equip, and empower D Group leaders to lead their D Groups well. Welcome back to the Peace D Group Leaders Podcast. This is episode 29. We're returning back to our normal format. Um, if you have not listened to the previous three episodes, we had a special guest, church planner extraordinaire, Amos Dillard on, and he talked through uh, how to develop a soul care plan. So if you didn't have a chance to listen to those three uh, podcasts, I encourage you to go back, listen to those very encouraging, great stuff from Amos. But your boy is back, and we are here to continue on with our, our D Group Leaders podcast. So uh, today we're going to be talking about how do you measure wins in your D Group. So giving yourself targets to aim for, it's going to help you know when God's working through your group. And so we want to have specific targets that we're aiming for. Uh, and always remember, discipleship, it's not a program. It is not a program. So success is less concrete than just you know finishing a study or a class. Uh, so knowing what to look for, it's going to help you know how to best move your group forward uh, under uh, with, with God's guidance. So Aaron, Let's just take some time, man, and just talk through, you know, how we measure success in our D groups. Yeah, so as we look at this, um, just to point out, before we jumped on here, Brad was talking junk to you, Amos, just to let you know. He said, you've been hogging the podcast, so it's time for you to get a real host back. I thought just, I was getting fired, man. So. <laughs> just to let you know. Um, no, but what what you just said, Brad, is so important because... One of the hardest things about measuring wins is when you have a program, you just complete a study, you complete assignments, and you can say, hey, I made a disciple because they filled in the blanks or they finished the study. But the truth is discipleship is really way more nuanced than that and way harder to measure. And so what we're going to cover here when we say wins or how to measure success, we're not talking about completing materials or completing studies or even in a D group completing your reading plan. But what we're saying is the ultimate way to measure success, or not success in terms of like you and I doing it, but success in terms of seeing God work is through life change, right? When somebody encounters God, grows in their faith, there should be they should be experiencing life change and starting to bear fruit. And so because of that, that's what we want to use to say, hey, are we seeing progress? Because truth is, they could read the Bible all day long, they could do all these other things, but if they aren't seeing God's work in their life and bearing fruit, then they're really not allowing him to work in them. And for you as a D group leader, it's a whole lot easier when you can say, you know what, like, yeah, they may not be perfect at the reading plan, but I'm watching him fall more in love with Jesus, or I'm watching her develop these habits that are better. And it gives you a way to say, you know what, I'm seeing some wins um, in a concrete way that allows me to know, hey, this is happening. And let me say one more thing real quick before we move forward. I just want to be very clear that when we use the term success or wins, we are not saying that we as humans have the ability to bring life change to somebody. That is something only God can do. Only God can work in somebody's heart and help them bear fruit. Only God can transform the mind and the will and the desires. We are simply stewards when we just simply pour our lives into people, hoping and praying that God will work through our efforts. And he, he has chosen in his sovereignty to use ordinary people like myself and others listening to just simply pour ourselves out and be used by him. But it's God who brings the fruit. So I just want to say that in case you're listening to this and thinking, man, like 
I've, I must be a failure because I'm not seeing this. The truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, ultimately God is doing his part in working on their hearts, which is something only he can do. They have to do their part by responding to what God is doing, and all our part is is to show up and invest. And so we can't control the outcome of what God is doing in their hearts or what they are going to allow Him to do in their hearts in the sense of responding to His work. But what you can be um, mindful of, at least, and what we're trying to communicate here in this episode is, what are we looking for, though? Because if discipleship is not just completing tasks or uh, filling in blanks, completing a study or a class or something of that sort, then we need to be able to look at it and say, okay, what are we trying to achieve? And if what we're trying to achieve is somebody becoming more like Christ, growing as a mature disciple, how do we know that that's happening? So that's the essence of what we mean when we're getting at this question, how do you measure success? What it really comes down to is, what are we looking for to see maturity in the people's lives that we're investing in? So Aaron, how do we, because you know we understand that's what we're after. We know the gospel changes us completely from the inside out. So we want to see life change as that result. So um, as D group leaders, how do we measure when life change is happening? I'm glad you asked, Brad. (laughs) No, but for real, we had back in 2016, I think, we went down as a staff to one of our staff retreats and just prayed over what God was calling us to do. And as part of that, we actually had developed what we felt was what we call um, the marks of a mature disciple. So there's five marks we're going to walk through in this episode, and what we're going to do is break them down a little bit, but these are the five marks you're looking for to say, this person is bearing fruit, we're seeing life change, and this is how I can know God is working even in my group members in some concrete ways. So let's break them down, and just so you know, listening, what what we did with these marks, we actually have the marks stated, and then we have a diagnostic question that's meant to ask yourself to reflect on Am I really experiencing this? And then we have some examples. So let's start with the first mark, which is going to blow everybody's minds, that a mature disciple, the first mark of a mature disciple, is somebody who loves God. Loving God, (laughs) loving each other. We just raised our flashlights on our phone up. Right? I mean, it should be without saying that somebody who is growing in Christ should love God, right? He, after all, he says... The greatest commandment is to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But here's the question we ask to get at this, because if we polled people in church, hey, raise your hand if you love God. Every hand's going up because <laughs> you're in church, so the, obviously you love God. The atheist is raising his hand sure. like, well, I don't want to look bad you know, in church kind of thing. So the question, though, is not, you know, do you love God? The question is, am I meeting with God daily? So Brad, like when, in our discussions as a staff and even thinking through this, why did we come up with that question Am I meeting with God daily to measure loving God? It's not even just, am I meeting with Him? It's like, do I have a desire to meet with Him every day? Because that really gets to your heart. It's like, okay, anybody can just, you know, because there's some people out there, they're going to read their Bible just to make their conscience clear and and to feel good about themselves. But it's like, man, do I have a desire to meet with God daily? And so, you know, am I spending time with Him? And, you know, we talk about hear journals here. So am I spending time with Him in my hear journal? Am I... Uh, am I praying as well? But really, I think the biggest thing is, you know, do I have a desire to meet with Him daily? Absolutely. Because the bottom line is, if all they're doing is completing assignments in your D group, you can tell. Like, there's a difference when somebody talks about, yeah, I did my hair journal, so what? And, man, I'm meeting with God. Like, I enjoy His presence. I enjoy abiding in Him, right? That's what we're seeing. What we're saying is, 
uh, present in a mature disciple is they really want to abide in him. And so we've mentioned this uh, already a little bit here, but these examples of this, of course, would be like personal prayer, worship, Bible study, things of that nature. But again, with the big caveat that these are not just things you're doing because you're supposed to, you're doing them because you enjoy God and you enjoy his presence. And honestly, if you're listening and you're um, a disciple maker yourself, you need to be looking at your own life and saying, am I doing this just because I'm leading the D group or I'm wanting to leave my family and I'm supposed to, or do I actually enjoy meeting with God? Because that's what we're getting after when we say love God. With that being said, we also want you to know that some days you got to make yourself do it. So like, don't feel like, man, I, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. My desire was low. I wasn't really enjoying it. Something's you know, terribly wrong with me. No, you're human. You have a human nature. And so there are some days where you have to just discipline yourself. Even when you're not feeling it, you know, you'd make the choice to spend time, you know, with God. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that too, because that happens to all of us. And just like in a relationship when you're married, you're not exactly waking up feeling super in love every day. Sometimes you get on your their nerves or vice versa, and but you choose to still spend time. You choose to pursue that relationship. And the same is true with God. Not that he's not going to get on your nerves. He's perfect. But in the sense that you well, may you not... can get on his nerves. <laughs> <laughs> but in the sense that, right, you may not feel like praying, yeah. but the fact you're choosing to when you don't feel says you have a desire, right? And so that's um, what we get at when we say love God. So the first mark of a mature disciple, a way that you can even see some fruit in the disciples that you're pouring into his lives is to love God. The second mark is love God's family. And the question here is, am I spending quality time with God's family? And that's the key word, quality. Yes. So Brad, yeah. who is God's family and why did we say quality time specifically? Yeah, yeah so God's family is other believers that you can be in you know, biblical community with. And it's, yeah, it's, just, it's not just hanging out. Um, watching a football game or just hanging out, man, it's it's quality time where you are investing in one another's lives. Um, they're holding you accountable. You're holding them accountable. You're growing together. You're studying together. You're praying for one another. You know, all these different things, but it's, there's quality behind the time you're spending. It's, it's intentional time. Yeah, for sure. And as many of you listening sure uh, may have had the same experience I did, a lot of times we use the term fellowship to just mean we're hanging out. And eating. And, and eating. <laughs> the fellowship hall where you eat and you have lots of potlucks. And look, those things are great. I mean, it's good to have those friendships and relationships. That's part of it. But the quality time aspect comes from we're not just here to hang out, talk about sports, talk about uh, why Brad loves LeBron and all these kinds of things. But Because he's better than MJ. I mean, oh, we got to have some quality conversations after this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... But the reason we do that, right, is we're, we're saying we want to go beyond just the, the social aspect, and those things may help us bond. But truly, what builds us up together, what binds us as believers, is our relationship with Christ. And so when we come together, it's got to be something spiritual in terms of we're trying to pursue one another. So the examples here is, you know, things at our church at least would be like our life groups. These are places or environments where we have intentional structures to build community. Um, it would even be regularly coming to our corporate worship service, which for us is on Sunday morning. Even serving others in ministry, you're, you're spending quality time with those that you serve with, but you're also thinking God's family isn't just for me to take from, but actually give back to by using my gifts and strengthening the body. And then just the simple posture of heart of meeting the needs of others in God's family, right? 
when you're part of a family, part of what you're supposed to do is to pour out to one another. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the church, you're not just there to take and consume, but you're there also to give and to pour back. And a mature disciple thinks less of what can I get out of church and what, and, and instead starts thinking, what can I pour into or what can I give into? And um, even with us, you know, because part of the thing is, as a D group leader, is you want to be able to assess where they are. And so some of that assessment can be from the statements they make, like Aaron just said, you know, are they making statements about, well, I didn't feel fed today or, you know, questions and comments like that, that people say that kind of lets you know where they're at as far as in their maturity level. You know, are they coming to church just because they like the music or they like the preaching, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so why are they there? Are they contributing or are they just consuming? Yeah, absolutely. And even to the point with D groups and life groups, Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, I didn't get much out of it. It wasn't deep enough for me and all that. And I'm not saying there may not be some at times legitimacy or maybe you want something a little more theologically robust, but you're also not a part of those groups just to get something out. You're there to pour into the other people. And again, a mature disciple disciple thinks differently um, as they love God's family. So the last one we'll cover in this episode, and we'll, we'll split this up into two parts, um, but so far we've covered of the five marks. We've said love God, love God's family. The third mark is live truth. And the question here is, am I being changed by God's word? So notice we didn't say no truth and do you know the Bible? The question is, you are you living it? And then mark itself is live truth. So Brad, like, why did we come to that conclusion instead of just knowing truth? Absolutely. So you know, it kind of goes back to what Robbie Gallaty says often is, you know, we read the Bible for transformation, not information. Um, maybe we want the Bible to be changing us. Uh, and so it's not just knowing it. Anybody can, can read a verse and, and know what it says. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to obey it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to do. And that's why, you know, even in the, our method that we use for Bible study that we encourage our people to do as they study the Bible is there's always a, an application time where it's okay this is what this verse says. This is what it means within its context. Okay, man, how do I obey this? How do I live this out? Because if it's not changing us, then it's not really doing us a lot of good. It's not bringing life change. And, or, you, you know, theologians want to say sanctification. <laughs> right. You're right, though. And, yeah. and, and the big thing about that is look at how these flow into each other. If you are falling more in love with God, you're being built up with Christian community and pointed to in quality time to Scripture— then you will begin to live truth because you don't just want to know about God. You want to live in obedience to him. Jesus says it plainly, if you love me, you keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you love me, you'll memorize my commandments. He says, you'll live it out. And so that's why we say as a mark, it's to live truth, not just know it. And so some examples of this um, is increasing freedom from sin and addictions. Again, not that you're going to be perfect, not that you never sin, but just you should see some movement towards um, further victories with obviously understanding we're all going to fall short, but we ought to have be, be making progress, right? The, the goal of discipleship is progress, not perfection, but there at least is progress. Um, another example, and I love this one, increasing humility in my relationships with God and others. You One of the, one of the biggest telltale signs of somebody who is a mature disciple versus somebody who just knows truth is this one. You, you, you listening have been around the kind of Christians who they love to talk about what they know, and they may know a lot of stuff about the Bible, but they treat everybody else like jerks, 
right? Like they're mean and they're self-righteous and they're hateful. And that because that comes from the idea that knowledge puffs up. But if I'm really walking with God and his word is changing me, I actually become more humble as I experience God, not more arrogant in my knowledge. And so, yes, you want to grow in knowledge, but the reason you're growing in knowledge is to encounter and experience God, not just wield that knowledge as a weapon, which so many do when they're immature. And it's what the Pharisees did. Which is the whole reason this mark for us is not no truth, because the Pharisees knew the truth as well as anybody, mm-hmm. yet they weren't living it, and Jesus rebukes them so strongly. And so that's one of the big things for this. And the last example of living truth is just increasing surrender to God. You know, it's interesting when I look back at my own life, if I go back 10, 15 years, there's things like I do now that are just normal to me that would have been ma- major big deals 15 years ago, but God has gotten more of my heart over time. And it's, it's just something that we should be experiencing as we live truth. Uh, Brad, any other thoughts on... Yeah, just as you were saying that, my mind took me back to a time where I was doing my hear journal. And again, we're, we're reading the scriptures for it to change us and to live it out. And as I remember, I was, I was reading scripture and I was... Okay, so I was making a wise choice to avoid sin. But as I was reading through and studying, it got to my heart and I understood the motive behind it. The motive behind me not sinning was not to bring glory to God. It was to protect me, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. But I, but as as my heart was exposed in it, I was like, man, my motivation is my glory so that I don't mess my family up, so that I don't mess my ministry up, which is, I mean, it's a good motivation. But my, my ultimate motivation for living for God should be to bring Him glory and to, to lift Him up. And But that all came out of just, me getting into the Word and, and asking God, okay, how do you want to change me? How should this change me? And it exposed, you know, an impure motive behind myself and, and, and my righteous actions. Yeah, I love that because I think we all have been in those situations where we fail to examine our motives. But as you begin to live truth, God begins to point things out to you. And I will say this just as a warning. If you actually are maturing, you should almost feel... You obviously feel more joyful and peaceful about things, not that you're perfect in that, but there is a sense in which you kind of are more aware of your sin, right? You can tell somebody who's immature when they say things like, I don't really sin anymore, or I don't struggle with sin. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, how about pride, right? Like, But when you actually are growing in your relationship with God and you see sin or you see of somebody falling, your first thought isn't, how dare they? Your first thought is, I'm capable of doing the same thing if I drift, right? There's that awareness of the wickedness that's in us. And that, again, all comes from that increasing freedom um, in God that we do experience when we live truth. So um, in this episode, we've covered the first three marks, love God, love God's family, and live truth. Um, And then the next one, we'll talk some more about that, uh, the next two marks. So thank you for joining us for episode 29. Uh, Episode 30 is coming right up, and we're going to finish out the fourth and fifth marks of a mature disciple. We'll see you then. (laughs) 